So wh- why are we doing this again? Dude, it's all for the podcast. We need to honor Vin Diesel. He's just really an underappreciated actor. We're going to go through. We're going to rank all of his movies one at a time. Build which movie is better. It's, we're going to have to really make some tough decisions here, man. But that that is that is what it's all about. No, I get the podcast part. I, why are we driving an 18-wheeler full of DVD players is what I'm asking. Dude, we got to deliver these DVD players to the orphanage, dude. That's what they're for. But haven't there been a bunch of truck hijackings, like these like intense highway robbery type situations? Like, isn't that like, aren't, aren't we putting ourselves at risk for that happening? Yeah, that's why I brought you. To defend me from the yeah, because I can't yeah I can't defend myself. You can defend me. All right, well fair enough. I'm driving. All right. Well, hey, it looks like this dude's trying to pass you on the left. You should just put your blinker on. Just let him. Yeah. Okay. Is he not? Is yeah. he not passing? Wave him. I'm, pass I'm slowing down. Wave your hand. So I'm, he can pass you. I'm putting it out the window. Oh god, he's got a gun. Oh no. Oh my god. Oh, wait, there's a whole crew of them. Oh god. Oh. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. What's this happening? Thing. This is the thing you said. Oh, you, well, yeah, you, you protect me. Oh, oh god. Oh, 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 movies starring Vin Diesel and doing it in a way that is super official. Peer reviewed, our ranking system is unmatched. Science will prove if critics better than pitch black. This is backed by facts, analytics at the center. Scientifically accurate, not a bunch of banter. Experts in our field, this just makes our rankings better. It's the Diesel system with your host Christian and Spencer. Welcome to the very first episode of The Diesel System, a scientific study that analyzes the films and roles of the most enigmatic movie star of our time, Vin Diesel. My name is Christian, joined here by Spencer. Heyo! <laughs> that is, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to just say heyo every time. Do you like that? Is that my thing? <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> I liked heyo stays. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> so, um... Number one, this has been a long time coming. It's feel like a it felt like a burden, something that we knew we were gonna have to do. It's an undertaking. I think have to do is the right way to put it. It's a it's a must do for us. And I think um, get it out of the way. Most importantly, we are not ranking and rating our favorite movies. This has nothing to do with our personal taste. This is purely through the lens of the characters that Vin Diesel has embodied throughout his amazing career. And we've created the ultimate system, which breaks down every single aspect of a Vin Diesel capital V capital D movie. And I think we've been fans for such a very long time that once you watch enough of these, you start to see the patterns start to develop and not in a bad way, but you sort of see there's a, it's, it's not an accident that he became one of the biggest, most successful movie stars of our time. Yeah, I think 100%. And I feel like people really undersell his creative vision. I agree. And I think, <laughs> and, 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 and it's wild to sort of see and, and what we will hopefully determine through the course of this podcast is his amazing commitment to the vision of how he would like to present himself, his characters. And he's left like an amazing, very ridiculous, but surprisingly consistent body of work. Yeah. Honestly, in the way of an auteur, like there's not many like actors who are also auteurs. They can work with different directors, writers, different genres. 
and still like have this auteurship over who they are in those films. And I think we will we will see here that there really only is one genre. <laughs> and really, what better movie to start this off with? With the movie that I think a lot of people will consider like the prototypical Vin Diesel movie. Um, the very first movie we're going to talk about and analyze and put through the Diesel system is The Fast and the Furious. Did that sound? Did that sound legit? I sounded great. I'm into that. Well then, thanks. Excellent. On the street. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. It's not who you know. My brother likes you. Usually he doesn't like anybody. It's how fast you can go. The Fast and the Furious. Rated PG-13. At theaters Friday. The Fast and the Furious. If you ask someone to name a Vin Diesel movie, they will say. The fact, I think definitively every time, no one's going to say Riddick or any, I think they will definitively always say The Fast and the Furious. So here's the synopsis for 2001's The Fast and the Furious. Los Angeles street racer Dominic Toretto falls under the suspicion of the LAPD as a string of high-speed electronics truck robberies rocks the area. Brian O'Connor, an officer of the LAPD, joins the ranks of Toretto's highly skilled racing crew undercover to convict Toretto. However, O'Connor finds himself both enamored with this new world and in love with Toretto's sister, Mia. As a rival racing crew gains strength, O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies. I want to point out two things really quick off the top, just off the official synopsis on IMDb. Oh, I thought you wrote that. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, Christian. Oh, John. No. Go, go. The first thing is that the word enamored is in here. I, yeah, I, I think that enamored, honestly, is excellent word choice because you really see it in Paul Walker's like performance, how he kind of comes into this scene and he's ready to make the bust or whatever, get his detective badge and all that. Against anybody else, you know what I mean? It's, it's a two-hander. And if anybody else is in that Toretto role, it makes you wonder how tonally it could have fallen into something that sort of felt more familiar. And I think Vin Diesel has this kind of quality to him that is, to me, almost hard to put my finger on. Well, it's, it's like, it, it's this like harsh vulnerability. That's a great way to put it. My man is not afraid to like, I don't want to talk about it, but I will. Yo. And that's his feelings. They'll talk about his feelings. He says something that like no action movie se- character says, which he says, I'm too scared. When he talks about getting in the car, his dad's car that was just like, oh, so powerful or whatever. He's like, I've never gotten in it. I'm too scared. The Dominic Toretto character, I'm glad they brought him back nine times. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, um, it's uh, the dude is like Shrek. He's an onion. And, and I say that not in just that they both have like smooth circular <laughs> exteriors. <laughs> but the fact that there's a lot going on in there. Um, let's break down Dominic Toretto. And before we dive into the Fast and the Furious, a word from our sponsors. Who decided that shirts needed sleeves? Probably some pencil-armed weenie coming up with ways to keep enormously buff dudes like us down. Well, you're not down. Not anymore. Introducing sleeveless shirts. Legally, sleeveless shirts offer all the bicep flexing, deltoid popping benefits of being shirtless, but with the societal benefits of your traditional shirt, 
like buying liquor at 7-Eleven or taking your children to Six Flags. So what are you waiting for? Show them what you got. Now in large, extra large, and triple extra large for the whole family to enjoy. Sleeveless shirts, available wherever books are sold. I had a friend of mine when I started a new job like about 10 years ago, he told me, he said, Christian, you should work really hard the first two months at this job. Go in early, stay late, make sure everybody sees how hard you work because your reputation and the perception of you is entirely established by sort of that first initial appearance. Afterwards, you can coast and not really do a whole lot and people will still consider you a hard worker. I thought of that immediately when we were re-watching The Fast and the Furious because the dude shows up so strong and so hard and really kind of lays the foundation for the brand. Yeah. And what he's like, you know, not in a bad way still doing, but like the compass was set here, not anyplace else. And The Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel said, this way's north and we're fucking driving there. Like... (laughs) I agree completely. I think that Vin Diesel, his first appearance in the movie, you don't even see his face. He's just like a presence in the background. And like, what's crazy to me is he hadn't even earned that. Yeah, that kind of presence. So Dominic Toretto essentially runs this tight-knit family. The sort of the big crux of this is like, it's, it's how Dominic Toretto manages both his existing reputation, the good parts and the bad parts of it, how he can exist in his community, And he's really driven by two things, which is sort of like his pride and how much he really doesn't want to go back to jail. (laughs) Which I get. Yeah. I don't even want to go the first time. Yeah. (laughs) He killed a guy in cold blood. Oh, he he didn't kill him. He didn't kill him. He just, he has to, he he can't drive anymore. Yeah, he's a janitor now. A janitor who can't drive a car. He's got to take the bus to work. But the whole thing brings us to... The diesel system. We mentioned that this is a scientific process and we are not kidding. This is like peer reviewed. Uh, I think it's been in um, many a scientific journal. It's been used to analyze lots of Vin Diesel movies. It came to us now and here it is, the diesel system. Now, for you dummies at home, thankfully, the diesel system works as an acronym that just coincidentally happens to be the last name of our of our subject here on the podcast, Vin Diesel. Uh, each letter of Diesel corresponds with a different element that we will analyze the Vin Diesel character and body of work through. Starting with the letter D, which here stands for dick energy. Big. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I you, think it's you, pretty you, definitive. Yeah. Big. 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 Um, the I. So the I is for intelligence, integrity, intensity. So... Every single Vin Diesel character has these three things, but each one leans more into one of these. So whether it's intelligence or integrity or intensity, just that is the defining trait of that character above all the rest that he has already got. What way does his moral compass point him? And I think for Toretto, I think everybody memes the word family, and I think family is interchangeable with integrity. I, th- I agree completely. And it's what's interesting is because I think that family is the easy thing with integrity because he is all about his close circle of people. He's always saying, looking out for everybody at all times. Yo, Dom, 
Why'd you bring the Buster here? Cause the Buster kept me out of handcuffs! He didn't just run back to the fort! The Buster brought me back. And also, what's the first thing he says when Letty drives off the road at the end? Go, you, go take care of Letty. I've got this guy who's hanging off of a truck, but she's also looking after his family. It's all there. I think you see Toretto as somebody who is highly intelligent. You'll see as somebody who is capable of being very intense. But his integrity will always, if it needs to, trump those. What happens when somebody questions his integrity and says that he narked on it? Toretto! SWAT came into my house, disrespected my whole family because somebody knocked me out. And you know what? It was you. Oh, you beats the shit out of me. Yeah. Just even calling it a question. He doesn't even say no. <laughs> he immediately starts beating him up so hard just because he's like, hey, I think you narked on me. Slam, we're in it. Not even, why do you think that? <laughs> I'm, I, I say he is willing to forego his intelligence, aka his better judgment, mm. for the sake of his integrity, yeah. and letting in the buster. He knows what he stands for. Yeah. Next we go to E. The first E in Diesel. And the first E stands for eroticism. <laughs> That's... One more time. Okay, sorry. Eroticism. So, Honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't even sound sexy in the slight. It just sounds creepy. I like it. I think Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto comes out the gate swinging as somebody who could be perceived as a generous lover. I agree completely. I, 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 <laughs> How do I know this? Hold on. Yeah, hang on. Well, I know what you mean. A lot of men are not down to clown. What's crazy is he is so busy, but he is always finding time to mack on chicks. Yeah, and it seems like he does it for sport because I think while he loves Letty, I think the thing he loves more than Letty is Letty all fired up. Oh. Because ooh. at all times, he's just talking to, to this honey, to this bitty, and it's really to get her all, uh, all angry. And I think he's like, hey, hey, hey. I never thought about it that way, but that's totally what's happening. Because, dude, my favorite is the first drag race when Vin Diesel comes up and he's with these two blonde girls and Michelle Rodriguez, I smell skanks. Is that, I think that's what she says. And like Vin, Vin Diesel says the greatest line, I think, just like he could possibly say in that moment. We were just talking. About what? <laughs> you think he's toxic? Toxico. I think, I, I, th I think it's a game that the two of them play at the expense of other women. <laughs> The type of women that Vin Diesel is hitting on, which I will say, is 2001-era skanks. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just definitive. Canceled. <laughs> canceled. <laughs> Episode one, canceled. But, uh, oh, don't worry. I don't have any problem with skanks. It's just that I think we, I just, we just need to call it what it is, you know. Um, and my sister was a 2001 era skank, Spencer. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and it would have been an honor for Vin Diesel to use her in his sex games. <laughs> One of my sisters was actually Ooh. very into Vin Diesel. It was kind of like the standard by what it was like her hot guy. Did she date any guys who looked like Vin Diesel? She dated guys that I think would say they looked like Vin Diesel. <laughs> Bald? <laughs> yeah. But like a power, but like a power ball, you okay. know? 
And I think it's a testament to his er er eroticism <laughs> in the movie. But I know you in particular were particularly excited about this this amazingly sexual moment he has with Michelle Rodriguez okay. when they're just alone, the two of them in the garage. I'll, I'll say this is probably um, a very, I mean, I am like probably first time I see this, I'm like 12 years old, a very horny scene in a way that 12 year olds really identify with. He, it's like, hey baby, they're in the garage. And he just grabs her butt so fully, like lifts her by her butt. She's on top of him. He just puts his face in her boobs and just is like, yeah, baby. And he, the thing that is unbelievable as an adult man to see is that he moves them just left and right. Just like, you know, baby. Hang on, Spencer, it's, it's, it sounds like you're, the act you're describing for our listeners is motorboating. <laughs> I, I believe that's the professional term, yeah. And I think if you go there and you're right, it doesn't start off as that. It's nah, 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 and then and then they cut, they cut, masterfully, yeah. right before. Yeah, where's the where's the Vin Diesel cut where that goes on for nine minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think we could we could put it. Listen, if you're motorboating at the midpoint of the movie, <laughs> with what we later find out is the love of your life. Erotic. Yeah, fully erotic. I think it's like pretty wild how erotic this movie is for like a PG-13, 2001, very vanilla time period, honestly. We're getting in the mix with, with how sexual this is. All right, halfway into the diesel system, we go to S. And S stands for sleeves. Sleeves. It sounds like we're kidding. It sounds funny. But this is actually, we found out to be a pretty dynamic metric to measure Vin Diesel's characters. And this is how it works. You watch a Vin Diesel movie, you pull the character out, and you ask yourself, how long are his sleeves in this movie? And in that answer, you will find a lot of nuance. Dominic Toretto rolls up sleeveless. Sleeveless, fully sleeveless. Yeah, in like a Dickies work shirt with yeah. sleeves ripped off. Yeah, I think this is a great look for him. <laughs> I think he found it right away. Do you know, there's an interesting scene early on in the film where um, he stashes his car and he does two things oh. to hide his appearance from the police when they do the raid during the initial um, uh, street racing. And that's that he stashes his car, this loud, red, vibrant, easy to spot car. And then he grabs a jacket that and he puts a jacket to cover his sleeveless arms. His, who he really is. Who he really is. Not his bald fucking head. Yeah, a, a hat probably would have gone pretty far, <laughs> um, I'll say. Um, he is immediately recognized by the police. Um, so, yeah, all that effort for nothing. Yeah, he's shocked, too. <laughs> yeah, damn. How do they see me? This oh. is the thing that I'm really self-conscious about. <laughs> Couldn't they, don't my arms look puny in this jacket? <laughs> so... I think we could I think we could fairly say The Fast and Furious is 80-20 a sleeveless performance. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think he is mostly sleeveless in his attitude and also what is on his body. The man wears his hearts on his sleeves. <laughs> Boo! If he wore them. <laughs> Boo! We weren't even done, I was booing. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next one. Emotion, you know? He does a lot with just like his bald head and eyebrows. He can put a lot on the screen. And I think 
unafraid to show emotion. Complex, yeah. complex emotions, not just I don't want X and such to die, not just you've kidnapped my family. You said it earlier, there's a scene in a garage with, with Brian and Dom where he shows Brian his father's car. Wow. 900 horses of Detroit muscle. It's a beast. Which is a metaphor for really him showing his biggest insecurities, his fears. And he says... So what's your best time? I've never driven her. Why not? Scares the shit out of me. Yeah, he's scared to even drive that car. Because it's hard to believe, but he, it's too powerful. And that's, that's a level of vulnerability that I feel like we have gotten since then. But when you remember 2001... We're still coming out of the Schwarzenegger era. You're not seeing that level of vulnerability, that level of of openness. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people project onto Vin Diesel what they think he is, this macho man. Like, But I think that being in touch with his emotions is very important to Vin Diesel, that he brings that to every character, that he has some burden that he is able to not only overcome, but also live with and face every day. What you said is true, that there are people like so ready and willing to quickly take him down, to paint him as sort of this like macho tough guy, while those of us who are fans of him have to deal with him singing Rihanna on social media. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That those, like those of us who really know him yeah. <laughs> are just like, oh cool, he's singing again. Like. Yeah. So we know the emotions there. Spencer, let's close up the diesel system. L stands for losers. Who does Vin Diesel beat? Who does he beat up? Who does he overthrow? And what not so subtle metaphor does that person represent? Spencer, who takes the L? So weirdly, I spent a lot of time thinking about this one just because I was like, who really truly takes the L? There's people who get beaten up and who like kind of like stand for something and then get taken down by Vin Diesel. But like, what is truly defeated in this film? And like, weirdly, I came away and it's like, almost like ego is kind of defeated in this movie. He's like, first of all, hates narcs. And he's like, obviously, don't I we, don't we all? Yeah, who likes narcs? Uh, well, but weirdly, at the end of this movie, Vin finds a mutual respect with this guy who's a narc. And he... But he and I think he realizes he brought so much ego to that situation. But Paul Walker like saves a man's life. I feel like he just Vin Diesel really learns a lot about himself in this film in a way that he doesn't really do in other movies. Does he does he himself take the L in this? Whoa. That's not very Vin Diesel of him. No, well, because he does get away. Yeah, okay. So okay, L avoided narrowly. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say conformity. Oh, because the whole movie, I feel like, was pitched as like a will he, won't he. It's sort of like the corruption of one cop's soul. But at no point does his soul feel like it gets corrupted. It feels like it's like an awakening. And he walks away from sort of like having this job where he has to answer to somebody. And if you want to look into sort of like the structure of conformity, the law, what Brian O'Connor learns by the end of the movie through his dalliance with Toretto is that 
fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it's about respect. In the movie, the cops that Paul Walker works with are just absolutely unrespectable. They're bending the rules in ways that are not okay. And they're like, you gotta do it because you just gotta. You gotta do what you gotta do. Nobody's cool. Yeah, literally, no. there's no not a cool vein, that like balding cop guy. Not, not as cool as being bald, for sure. And then when he's with this crew, everyone has this centered respect around Dom. You can take, Dom can take your beer out of your hand and you do, you let him take it and give it to whoever he wants and unchallenged, you know? It's just this core of respect around just this like incredibly confident person that, I don't know. I think that conformity is really interesting and interesting because everything that is conformist in this film is so stifling. Conformity takes the L. Also taking the L is Johnny Tran. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, who, gets, uh, who gets shot and crashes his motorcycle. Dude, what a terrible way to put... I mean, in this universe, this character is dead because if he was not fully dead, he would be back in one of the following nine movies. I, I, two things. Number one, they absolutely should bring Johnny Tran back. He has presence and you don't like him, which is like tough. To show up and just have like that innate unlikability, it's a skill. And really, there's no reason why not. The only crime he commits is riding like an obnoxious motorcycle and owning an Uzi. Yeah, and doing what we would all do with if we did own an Uzi, go shoot up a cool looking car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot up an equally as obnoxious looking car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's yeah. so great. You know? Johnny Tran took the L, and I don't know that he should have. <laughs> In the same way that I feel like there was that hashtag justice for Han to bring him, bring back Han. We need to re reclaim this character. He was so great. Everybody loved him. Let's bring him back. And they did. I could see justice for Johnny for sure. How old were you when you first saw the first Fast and Furious? Did you see it like on DVD? I saw it on DVD. I was probably like 12 or I would guess 13, the perfect age to see Fast and the Furious. So... I'm, I'm, I'm asking this, and this doesn't have to be in here. I'm just like, I'm into it right now, so I want to ask you this. I'm a little Brazilian kid. I don't identify with anybody in this. Even like the pseudo-Spanish-speaking people, I don't like, there's, I don't, there's, there's nobody for me. I'm just sort of like, who do I like, who do I don't like? Do you have that as like a, as like a young, like half Korean kid with the other Asian people in the movie? Oh, anytime I see an Asian person in a movie, and I hope everyone does this, in the future, but it's like, I always just wonder, okay, how is Hollywood gonna do Asian people dirty? <laughs> and yo, they do them pretty dirty in this movie. They're like, do, well, number one, I don't do, I don't think they do them dirty from like, and who am I to say? <laughs> Again, this, this isn't, this doesn't have to be for this. That's but, fair. But like, from like a representation aspect, nobody had a funny accent. Oh, that's very fair. They were all insanely capable. Nobody did martial arts. It's 2001. Oh, wow. Nobody, that's a great nobody does martial arts. They um uh they also aren't the bad guys. They're assholes, but they're not They legally bought those DVD players. Yeah. That was what a great little throwaway line. They were all legally bought. Like <laughs> piracy was an issue. Yeah. Dude, that was I feel like 
Um, well, they were heisting them. Uh, the, the character, I'll tell you this. <laughs> that's what they're, hang on. Do you not know that? <laughs> that that's like, that all oh, the truck, that's what they're stealing at the truck at the, at the end of the movie. No, I thought it was race wars. No. No, race wars is honestly, for how many times they say that terrible phrase in this movie, it is almost insignificant <laughs> in its like, in, in what it does. It's just a change of setting. Yeah. You know, at the end, when they're trying to like take that truck off the road, there's DVD players in the truck. That's what they're risking their lives over. That's why it's crazy that they went to space in the last one. <laughs> Dude, they, the trucker, the trucker just like defending those. Ugh. Yeah, like with his life. Yeah, dude. Honestly. But I, but I will say, despite not doing any of those things, the Asian characters were oh, ult- yeah. ultimately of like no consequence. Honestly, when you put it like that, I am able to see in context the Asian people we're not done dirty. I'll say it. I'll say it. Yeah. They, they could have really done them dirty. Also, nobody says anything racist to them. Oh, yeah. Nobody, no, like- nobody, again, Vin Diesel, I bet you there's a draft of the script where they made some, where he makes some, like, the kind of joke that, like, Chris Tucker made in three Rush Hour movies, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, like, that they, that he didn't make. And I bet you he was like, oh, I'm not saying that. That's weird. Uh, some, somebody stopped this movie from being racist. And I'm willing to put that all on the shoulders of Vin Diesel. That's for sure. Well, we saw his shoulders on display in this movie. <laughs> and they could fucking handle it. Yeah, they could, they could take on racism just one of them. Oh, man. They made, they made those dudes look cool as fuck. Yeah. The Asian dudes did look cool. They rode their motorcycles. And and here's the thing. They challenged Toretto at the beginning of the movie on their motorcycle. You're going to need, uh, Dominic Toretto says, you're going to need something better than those motorcycles. And Johnny Trance says, oh, don't worry. We've got it. And you know what? They show up later and they do actually have it. I think that in most movies, somebody would say, nah, we can, we will win later. And then they lose later. But they actually do win a race in this movie. I think that there's a lot going for the Asian characters in the movie. For them to not bring them back, I am shocked. So, looking back on it, conformity takes the L. 100%. Ego takes the L. Maybe less so, but yes. Johnny Tran takes the L, but Asians as a whole take a big W. <laughs> yeah. We've run through the diesel system. We're going to take everything that we said and parse it and put it through a super hyper intelligent AI that's going to analyze and dictate and put everything into order and give us a definitive ranking for this film in the oeuvre of Vin Diesel. But now let's take a look back at 2001 for A Moment Vin Time. Welcome to A Moment Vin Time, where we look at the man himself and where he was at the time of the release of the film. Uh, right now, it's taking us to 2001. It's, this is the moment that Vin Diesel entered and stayed in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, leading up to this, he had done Saving Private Ryan. He had done Pitch Black. He had given us the Riddick character already. Yeah, wow. I didn't know this was post Pitch Black. This was this was a this was a year before this was a year before the Fast and Furious. He did Pitch Black. He gave us the Riddick character, which really laid the foundation for some of the stuff he would be known for. But leading up to this, he was really looking for that big starring vehicle that was going to take him and push him into the mainstream. And he found it. Which, interestingly, did not come about through the traditional way that you might see something come about in the studio system. Uh, By which I mean, a writer did not come up with the idea for The Fast and the Furious. 
There was an article that Universal came across about the rising trends of street racing. And Universal Studios commissioned a script to be written about street racing. And that became The Fast and the Furious. What? So you're telling me that like the studio system worked this one time? Like just like, oh, a studio. Like it just like, to me, this is how you make a soulless movie. It, uh, just on pay. Uh, yeah, and then I saw the, there was this art. The headline said street racing is big. Can you just write us a script? Somebody puts on paper. Oh, and then they race, and then he loses, and then at the end he wins. That's how these movies are made. But like this is like so much more than that, which then turned into Universal's. We're gonna call it their second biggest franchise of all time. You look at Universal. You got you got you have the Despicable Me minions. Yeah. You have Jurassic Park slash World, and you've got Fast and Furious. So having done Pitch Black, having done Saving Private Ryan, uh, Vin Diesel is sort of tapped as potentially the next big thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, it, how do you offer this to somebody who needs the thing that's going to push them into the stratosphere? Let's go back to two thousand and one. And hear it from Vin Diesel himself on how he was oh. pitched and what sold him on appearing in the movie. I, I liked the blueprint of the character, uh, but the thing that sold me on the film was the idea of this one shot where the camera goes, you know, in this racing scene where the camera goes through me, through my arm, through this clutch, in the engine and out the exhaust. And there's something... Uh, mythological about it. It was like a half man, half horse creature. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the half man, half horse creature. I like that he didn't know what a centaur was. (laughs) That's the best part, absolutely. Honestly, that's a man with vision. And with that vision, on a modest budget of $38 million, that movie costs 38 million bucks. It's all, every, every dollar of it is on the screen. The Fast and Furious opened summer 2001 to $40 million to a domestic gross of $144 million. Um, what it did was it cemented a franchise and it launched a very bald by choice man to the stratosphere. Let's look at the critical reception of The Fast and the Furious. Okay, wait, let's take bets. I think, I think honestly, it's going to be criminally low. I think it's going to be like 47%. I don't think it'll be that low. I do think it'll be rotten because, mm. however, I bet you Roger Ebert will have the correct take on the movie. Oh! Rotten Tomatoes with a critical consensus of 54%. Oh! Sleek and shiny on the surface. The Fast and Furious recalls those cheesy teenage exploitation flicks of the 1950s. While I do think that's correct, I think this movie could have an 80% approval and still bear the exact same um, consensus. And I think that that consensus was written in hindsight. That is not a consensus that was written in 2001. That is a consensus that was written in the last 10 years. Honestly, I don't think that's even that accurate a description that it's sleek and shiny on its surface. I think it is very rough in parts in ways that I think add to the movie. I mean, sleek and shiny is a way that I would describe the new movies. Would you like to hear Roger Ebert's take on this? I, I, yes, immediately. Roger Ebert, June 22nd, 2001, it delivers what it promises to deliver and knows that a chase scene is supposed to be about something more than special effects. 
Roger Ebert, what? three out of four stars. Yo, Roger Ebert gets it, man. Wow, I love it. It's just one thumb, but yeah. that's an important thumb. And with that, he was off to the races. Yeah, no, it only. It, what's what's wild is it didn't end there, and it's kind of a great spot for us because with the Fast and the Furious launched this amazing legacy, and it allowed us the opportunity to become fans and be here where we are now. Which this did cost us. It's kind of a fun coincidence because this did cost us thirty-eight million dollars, right? <laughs> It's so much more. Uh, no, it's so we much are more. projecting at least forty million in the first weekend, though, right? I know. Christian, I think we need to lay down a final judgment, and this one is going to be very easy. Where does this fall in the entire work of Vin Diesel? I think when you bust out your compass, the first thing you do is you figure out where North is, and by golly, we know where North is. The Fast and the Furious, at the moment, it is the number one movie on our list. Because it's the only movie on our list, but I am excited to watch it trounce many a competitors in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think that we could come out of this in number one. Episode number one is also movie number one at the end. I think it's very possible. I think The Fast and the Furious, if you haven't seen it, oh, why are you still listening <laughs> to this? Could you imagine? But, uh, but you've, you've seen it. You understand. The Fast and the Furious. It could only be this for the very first episode of The Diesel System. I love you. Yeah. Well, yeah. not you, Spencer. Oh, oh. I love the diesel system. Oh. I love the diesel you system. You know, I love the diesel system too. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, I think over anyway. t- and over time, I hope you, you the, the, the listener, will too. No, I, yeah. The diesel system. <laughs> <laughs> The Diesel System is a Casa Linda production. Hosted by Spencer Campbell and Christian Silva. Produced by me, Ulyssa Morales. Our executive producer is Vin Diesel, whether he likes it or not. Music and sound design courtesy of Audioblocks. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever books are sold. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Diesel System. Bye!